This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 94 of the Catholic Foodie, In the Middle of Things. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're going to be talking about, well, in the middle of things. That's right, in media res is what it is in Latin. And uh, you may not know this, but I have a fledgling podcast, another one in addition to the Catholic Foodie. It's called In the Middle of Things, and it's really kind of an audio journal type podcast. Um, I, I recorded an episode just the other day, and it ended up being more about food and faith than anything else. So I want to share that with you today. It's a short episode. Also, Sarah Reinhardt joins us today with reflections on the luminous mysteries right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Yeah, I'm very, very happy that Sarah joins us today. She is going to um, share with us some reflections on the luminous mysteries. And as you know, this is the month of October, the month of the rosary. So we are, goodness, we are at the tail end of the month already. It's hard to believe, hard to believe. Uh, But we're going to reflect again today on the rosary. And, you know, we're moving, this is going to be, it's kind of like a seamless garment here. We move from the month of October, the month of the rosary, into the month of November, which is really the month of the dead. November is a month in which we pray for the dead. We pray for the souls in purgatory. Matter of fact, if you have, uh, so if you subscribe to the Catholic Foodie newsletter, then you uh, should have gotten the most recent issue in which I have a reflection there on the souls in purgatory in the month of November. So, uh, good stuff. I have a great devotion to the holy souls, and I want to share that with you as we come into the uh, into the month of November. If you do not subscribe to the Catholic Foodie newsletter, you probably should. And you can do so by going over to catholicfoodie.com slash newsletter. Just sign up there, and you will get the most recent issue, which is only the second one. So you, you're not missing much. You're right here at the very beginning if you haven't signed up yet. Go ahead and do that. Well, before we jump into the episode, I want to, first of all, thank our sponsor, divineoffice.org. If uh, you don't know anything about the Liturgy of the Hours, which is an ancient prayer tradition of the Church, one that is very close to my heart, one that I pray every day, Uh, then go to divineoffice.org. They've got lots of information there about the Liturgy of the Hours, but more importantly, they actually have the Liturgy of the Hours right there, both in a print format that you can read and also an audio format right there online. They do great work over there at divineoffice.org. So um, if you want to grow in prayer, I would highly recommend that you Go check out divineoffice.org. Also, another thank you I'd like to give. This past week, I received an anonymous donation in the mail. Uh, there was no nothing inside other than some, uh, some cash. <laughs> uh, cash uh, inside the envelope, and on the outside, the return address is uh, apparently a non-existent return address. I tried to, uh, to look up that address just to say thank you. Uh, but it showed up as like nothing. So <laughs> unless it was an angel from from the Lord, I don't know. But it was an anonymous donation. Thank you so much if you uh, if you were listening here. Just thank you very much for that. And may God bless you a hundredfold. So we're going to get in now to this episode of In the Middle of Things that I recorded just the other day. As I mentioned, it was more about food and faith than than anything else, uh, we do talk a little bit about that particular podcast. It had been a while since I had recorded an episode 
for for in the middle of the things, and that is really it was kind of I started it as a as a podcast where I could uh, it's kind of an audio journal, much like uh, Cliff Raven Ravenscrafts Ravencrafts. I always mess up that last name. I don't know why. I'm sorry, Cliff. Uh, but Cliff had started a podcast years ago uh, called, and now I'm I'm going brain dead here. I haven't had enough Catholic foodie coffee this morning. What well, what did it start out as? My crazy life. That was it. My crazy life. And then it transformed. It morphed into what is known now as pursuing a balanced life. I love the show. I listen to it all the time. And it's sort of just an arena there where he can share his thoughts every every week on just life in general. And that's kind of what In the Middle of Things was all about, although I was really kind of wanting to focus on where God finds me really in the middle of things and how I find God in the middle of things, in the middle of my life. So that's kind of what it's, it was supposed to be about. And it been really it's been a couple of months since I recorded an episode. And I, I, I recorded one, I think, uh, Thursday of last week. And I just, I don't know, it was just, I think it came out really well, uh, not to toot my own horn, but just looking back and listening to it a second time, I was like, wow, that, I'm, I'm glad that I recorded this episode, first of all. And secondly, it really is a lot about food and faith. So I want to go ahead and share that with you today. It's short. It's only like 19 minutes. So it's going to be a short episode. We're going to finish up today's show with the reflection on the Luminous Mysteries from Sarah Reinhardt. So stay tuned for that at the end of this very short, uh, but I think pertinent uh, uh, episode of In the Middle of Things. This is Jeff Young, and you're listening to In the Middle of Things, Episode 7. That's right, folks. In the Middle of Things, Episode 7, man, it's been about, like, I don't know, two months since I last talked to you. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe it's been that long. But, hey, now we're back, so let's kick it off. (laughs) Oh, doesn't this music make you want to dance? If I could dance, I'd dance. But I can't really dance, so I'm not. Anyway, (laughs) I tell you what, man, I, it has been a crazy couple of months, you know. Uh, I think last time we talked, I talked a lot about social media, a lot of good things going on in the social media world. I just wanted to uh, uh, give my two cents in about that last time we talked, episode six, and also to kind of give you an update back then on my work situation, my transition there from teaching to, uh, to well, to working on my own, to working for myself in the social media realm. And uh, a little web design in there, too. So uh, very exciting, very exciting stuff. And it's just been crazy. Golly, it's been crazy the last uh, couple of months. You know, I've, 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 been, I've been working, first of all. That's a good thing, right? Good thing. Uh, the transition started off kind of slow for me. I think I mentioned that last episode. Uh, the first couple of months, it was, uh, I wasn't as busy as I had uh, originally anticipated being. But then all of a sudden, I'm telling you, all of a sudden, it just started picking up. And uh, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. So trying to, now the challenge is trying to keep the balance between, you know, the different projects I'm working on, you know, as, as far as the, you know, my business goes. And then also, you know, I've got all these other projects I'm involved with too. You know, we've got the Catholic Foodie, of course, and the Catholic Foodie podcast, the blog. I've got to maintain that. Uh, we, we launched the Catholic Foodie Coffee excuse me, the Catholic Foodie Coffee was launched about a month ago, uh, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. And so that's been really cool. I've been having people order 
coffee from all over uh, the United States, which is that's really awesome. Really awesome. Of course, you know, if you don't know anything about the Catholic Foodie Coffee yet, go to catholicfoodie.com slash coffee. You can order it there. There's also a little bit of information you can look up, uh, you can read about. You know, it's the freshest coffee you'll ever, ever, ever have here on planet Earth. Uh, I'm not going to say in heaven because, you know, the coffee up there is probably pretty good, pretty fresh. But here on planet Earth, Catholic Foodie Coffee is probably the most fresh or the most fresh or the freshest coffee that you'll ever have. Have why? Because it is hand roasted. That's right, folks. Hand roasted right down the street from my house. Hand roasted. You talk about craftsmanship. First of all, isn't that great? Hand roasted, fresh on Tuesday. Every week on Tuesday, and we ship that stuff out. We ship that coffee out. Specialty coffee. We ship it out on Wednesday. So you're gonna have that coffee muy quick, like. And uh, what's really cool is I've had some. Some folks who are like huge coffee aficionados, big time coffee aficionados, who have uh, contacted me after they got their coffee, and they're like, "Dude, uh, I've never had coffee this good." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, that's awesome, great." You know, I've never had coffee. I mean, just with the oils like still on the beans, and just it's just so fresh. I'm like, "Yeah, man, that that's the point. That's what it's all about." So I was just so excited to get the feedback, positive feedback like that. Like that's that's great. So right now we're doing, we're trying to, you know, I do have, by the way, before I give you that announcement, we we do have coffee mugs too. I've got coffee mugs and aprons and all kind of good stuff with the cool Catholic Foodie logo right there on the front. Um, and right now what we're trying to do is we're trying to arrange it to where we can put together these packages. So, you know, Christmas is coming up and coffee and coffee mugs, that kind of stuff would make great stocking stuffers. So we're trying to put packages together and have that available and get it online to where people can order it online. You may want to think about that. Keep keep that in mind as something that could be done, uh, something that could be given away to the coffee lovers in your life this Christmas. And of course, if you're one of those coffee lovers, there's nothing wrong with giving yourself a little gift. Uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so the coffee stuff going on, uh, the 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 other merchandise, the aprons and all that that I mentioned, we have all that going on. And what else? I know I'm forgetting something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The book. <laughs> I'm working on a book now. How could I forget? You know, I, I've made mention of this a couple of, uh, golly, I think I probably started work, uh, talking about this a couple of months ago. The fact that it was coming up, it was coming up, it was coming up. Uh, but I didn't want to really jump into that project without having first, um, I'm going to adjust my microphone here in a second, without having first, uh, let's see if this works, without having first, um, I'm losing my train of thought here. Oh, we'll kind of get everything kind of, you know, settled with the job transition and wanting to make sure everything was uh going the way it needed to go with that. That's, I guess, the the main point. That was what I really needed to focus on at the time. And um, anyway, now that things have kind of gotten squared away, is kind of level, leveling out a bit with uh, with work, I can kind of get into the, 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 the cookbook project, which, by the way, is not really uh, a, a, a traditional cookbook as you would probably imagine one to be. This one is kind of like a hybrid. It's it's a part cookbook, part part story, and the story part is really covering salvation history. That's a big topic. <laughs> All of salvation history. We're looking at 
the role that food has played in salvation history. So we're going from Genesis to Revelation, and we're just taking a, a look at, at food. I mean, it's just so much that we can learn about God, about ourselves, humanity, about the world and creation, and about heaven and the last things, all from looking, simply looking at food in the Bible. Can you believe that? It is true, I'm telling you. And so that's what that's what the cookbook project is all about. Uh, of course, you can have recipes and all kind of good stuff like that. So uh, matter of fact, and I don't know, I don't know what's possible. I, I guess anything is possible with God, right? But, you know, I actually do have some connections. One of them is a direct connection with a famous cookbook author and chef. Uh, I've got a couple of other indirect, right? Not not first generation, but like second generation contacts with some big name, big name chefs, okay? Like Food Network chefs. And so I've thought, hey, what about contacting them and saying, hey, you know, you want to, would you like to contribute a recipe to my little cookbook? <laughs> Something like that. Although it's more than just a little cookbook. It's, it's going to, you know, it's the story, man. It's the story of salvation. It's salvation history. It's the Bible. So I don't know. It's, it may be possible. We may have some big name chefs um, throw up, throw up, not throw up. Hopefully don't throw up, but throw out, throw my way, throw me a bone, throw me something, mister, you know, <laughs> throw something this way like a recipe or an endorsement or yeah, something like that, something good like that. So uh, say a prayer for that. We'll have to see if if that can become a reality. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? I think it'd be great. Matter of fact, I do know personally, I do know Marcel Bienvenu, who is a fantastic chef, who is also teaching at a culinary college. John Foles, matter of fact, has a culinary college, uh, uh, culinary institute, I'm sorry, culinary institute, uh, in um, in South Louisiana here, and she teaches there. Also, um, she's the one who wrote, she wrote or co-wrote, I should say, with Emeril, a, a, a number of his cookbooks, several of his cookbooks. So, uh, you know, I feel like I have a connection there somehow with, with Emeril, possibly. Uh, there's a connection. I do have a connection with Paula Dean. I've got a connection with uh, Chef John Besh. Uh, who actually lives right that basically down the road from me? So it's that that hopefully would be an easy thing to do. We'll we'll see. So that's all kind of part of the cookbook process too, right? And of course, there's the writing of the cookbook, and uh, it's just a lot of exciting things. A lot of exciting things happening, and that's one of the reasons why there has not been an in the middle of things episode in so long, the last couple of months. Uh, you know. This whole thing started, the in the middle of things started as sort of like a personal journal or an audio journal. It was a way for me to kind of share my thoughts and hopefully get feedback from you and to have a dialogue or a conversation. And it wasn't about anything necessarily, I don't know, anything in particular. Of course, it was going to incorporate social media because that was what my job was. was yeah, I was making this transition into working for myself and working in social media and web design and all that. So, of course, I would be talking about it, uh, but it was to be kind of different than the Catholic foodie because the Catholic foodie is all about food and faith. Uh, of course, in the middle of things would have to include food. I mean, not food. Well, yeah, I guess it has included food up to this point, but it would have to include faith. Why? Because, well, that's part of my life. So it, it was it was 
I, I guess, kind of a, a, a work in process or progress, too, because as I put episodes out, the, to the topics changed and what we talked about kind of changed and my own thoughts of what in the middle of things was all about changed. Matter of fact, I'd say about a month ago, I put a post up over at jeffyoung.me, which is my professional site, jeffyoung.me, about in the middle of things. And I, I wrote the whole post was about rebranding or repurposing a podcast. And it was about repurposing in the middle of things and changing it from what it was, kind of like an audio journal, into a more professional kind of podcast that was about business and social media. It was going to be about, you know, I guess my work and what I do and, and kind of more of a professional type of podcast. Although it was going to have that, you know, laid back kind of Southern charm kind of thing, which I think I have going on a bit here. Uh, <laughs> you correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but it was going to become more professional. Well, you know, over the last month, I've thought about that. And I think the better thing would be for me to keep in the middle of things somewhat uh, not professional. And instead, if I want to do a professional podcast for my business, then I need to launch a new podcast for my business. And that's something that I'm thinking about. We'll see what happens. But for this one, you know what it's going to be? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to continue what I've been doing with in the middle of things, except you're going to probably notice that there's going to be a little bit more faith thrown in here. Why? Well, because, because over the last few months, I have just felt more convicted in certain areas of my life in living out my faith that I want to share with everybody else. I guess that's the bottom line. I think there are things that we need to talk about, things that we need to think about in our lives, ways that we need to be reaching out to other people, ways that we need to be reaching out to God, and ways that He's reaching out to us that we need to talk about. We need to talk about. Uh, and just as an example, as an example, uh, this month is the month of the Rosary. We're in October here, the month of the Rosary. And I'm so fortunate to have Sarah Reinhardt on uh, on the Catholic Foodie Podcast with her Mary in the Kitchen. And this month, the month of October, she is reflecting on the mysteries of the rosary and the kitchen. And it's been great so far. It's been wonderful. Everything she does is great. It's kind of like, um, was it Midas? Midas that used to walk around, everything he touched was gold. Uh, except that that could be bad too. But everything Sarah touches is just great. So thank you so much for that, Sarah. Appreciate it. Uh, and it's also very inspirational, and it's really led me to think more about the rosary this month. And I made a commitment, matter of fact, I made a commitment at the very beginning of the month as we moved from September into October to actually pray the rosary every day this month. And by the grace of God, I have done so. So far, I've done so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that grace. The rosary is a beautiful prayer. It is a wonderful prayer. For the longest time in my life, it was my favorite prayer. And I don't know how I, I kind of fell away from praying it every day. And I, and I ended up just praying it infrequently. But it is a beautiful prayer. I know Pope John Paul II talked about it. It was his favorite prayer. And I could say the same thing. It really is mine. It really is mine. When I'm able to pray it the way that I want to pray it. <laughs> When we do it my way, hey, it's it's my favorite. <laughs> that sounds kind of uh, 
prideful, doesn't it? Or self-centered. But what I mean by that is I like to pray it at a slow pace. Um, and I, this is, this is a little confession for you. When I go to confession on Saturdays at my parish, um, they have confession right before the 4 p.m. mass, the vigil mass. And so, you, you know, and I, this is not meant in any kind of way to be derogatory. I'm, I'm just, I'm reporting here on facts, okay? Facts. And the fact is this. Vigil mass, typically 4 o'clock vigil mass, tends to be an older crowd, okay? There's an older crowd that tends to attend that mass, uh, why is that? I don't know, and I think that's pretty much standard across the board when it comes to uh, to vigil masses. That's my understanding. Sunday mass, uh, the 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 mass where you have the um, the oldest crowd, the older crowd, is the four p.m. mass. Anyway, uh, so you have a group of of ladies. It's it's uh, they're older ladies who pray the rosary before Mass on Saturday. So you have this big, and we're very fortunate, by the way, it's a blessing and a curse, very fortunate at our parish to have very long confession lines. I know in a lot of places that doesn't happen, but look, there have been many a time that I've gone and stood in line and, and for an hour and did not get into confession. I'm really upset usually at those times, and I have to go to confession even more after that. But there are many times we have just have long lines because we have lots of folks in our parish, very active parish, uh, lots of folks who are prayerful and who understand the sacraments and who who go to confession regularly. So that's really, really a blessing. Um, but they pray the rosary. They start praying it. I think I can't remember what time exactly, if it's like a quarter till or maybe— 20 till uh, 4, they start praying the rosary. It could be even be a half an hour before. I don't remember. Uh, and I don't remember because I never pray it with them. I, I never pray it with them. And, I, and, I, and I, I kind of feel bad about it. But then again, I don't. And the reason is is because they go too fast. They go too fast. You know, I keep wondering, where where's the fire? You know, why are we racing to, to get through this decade? Why are we racing to do this, you know? Um, if we took our time, we'd still get it done before Mass. So I just, I get, when I try to do it that way, I get just, I get aggravated. I just, it just ugh, rubs me the wrong way. And it's not peaceful. So when I can pray it slowly, just not too slowly, but kind of at my own pace, when I can pray it quietly and slowly, uh, I love it. I love it. And uh, so anyway, just a little confession there. That's what I mean when I say when I get to pray it my way, I really love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> That's why. So um, if you have any comments about that, let me know, 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, or give me a call, or give me an email, shoot me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, you can also say, well, just keep it at that, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Well, I think that may be enough uh, talk today about in the middle of things. I uh, just wanted to kind of let you know that, uh, hey, we're still here, <laughs> and uh, we haven't gone anywhere, but we are, you know, just the, the ideas that I've shared with you, I mean, why I've been gone, all the things that have been going on, great things, by the way, which you really need to pray for. Thank you so much. I thank you in advance. 
Appreciate that. Uh, also, just what you could expect from in the middle in the middle of things as we move forward. This really is going to be about how God finds me and I find God in the middle of things in media res. So uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I certainly hope that you have a wonderful uh, week, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. And remember, let me hear from you, 985-635-4974 or jeff at catholicfoodie.com. the word luminous, I think of the sunshine that streams through my kitchen at the end of the day. It makes my kitchen, which is nice but nothing fancy, look almost fancy and nearly beautiful. That sunshine in my kitchen and the glimpses I get of heaven during the startling sunsets that happen just outside the window over my sink give me a feeling of being loved and remind me of just how holy the ordinary work I do is. Washing dishes, folding socks, and making dinner, day after day, week after week, year after year, doesn't seem holy. Even when I insert the glory work of my sort of public life, which is often done while I sit at one of my favorite spots at the kitchen table with my laptop and a cup of something hot, I don't really think I'm really all that holy in my work. The prayers that happen in my kitchen might be a bit of a redeeming factor, but still, I'm such a novice, such a resistant student of prayer. And yet, in the luminous mysteries of the rosary, and in the light that God shines on the mundane tasks of my world, I am reminded that the holy can be found in the most normal, routine, and common of places. To a lot of people, the luminous mysteries are new, because they were only introduced in 2002 by Pope John Paul II. I was just learning the rosary for the first time a year or so after that, so I've never known the rosary without the luminous mysteries. And to be honest, I'm glad for it. They are a celebration, for me, of Jesus' everyday life, of a thousand events that must have taken place during the three years of his ministry. There is not a mystery called the odd moment when Peter lost his temper, But don't we catch sight of the texture of those sorts of interactions when we walk with Mary through this section of the rosary? In Jesus' baptism, I remember my own baptism back in 2001. And I can't help but tear up a bit to think of holding my children during their baptisms. Thinking of God sending the Holy Spirit and announcing to the world that Jesus is his beloved Son reminds me 
that I am God's beloved daughter. He loves me no less than he loved Jesus. In fact, it calls to mind that God sent Jesus here for me. And he didn't just send him to say hi. He sent him to bear my sins and to die for me. Then we move to the wedding at Cana, where Jesus is moved for a young couple, and he changes water into wine so that their celebration won't be ruined. In this mystery, I invariably think of my husband, and I wonder how it will be if our children are ever married. Sometimes I tear up to think of him giving away a daughter, and other times I think of what a blessing my marriage is in every moment of my life. Once again, this mystery makes me consider just how much God loves me and how he has shown me again and again through the many blessings in my life. Contemplating the proclamation of the kingdom takes a little more mental energy for me, but a reflection by Father Benedict Groeschel on his rosary CD, The Rosary is a Place, has challenged me to consider how the kingdom can come in my heart, the only place where I can control or influence its coming. How can I bring God to others and hasten the coming of his kingdom? How does Jesus help me with this? And how often do I let go of Mary's guiding hand to do it myself instead of doing what she would have me do, which always leads me to her son? When Jesus is transfigured in the fourth luminous mystery, I find myself awed. I totally understand Peter's need to keep busy, to engage, to talk, and to do. It takes practice and self-control to sit and think about what's really happened, about the message this mystery brings, about the hope that stands before me in the transfigured Jesus. The Eucharist makes me cry so often when I'm at Mass. Though I'm very used to this, it still bugs me. I hate crying. And yet... And yet there is a cleansing that happens when the tears roll down my face. There is a freeing of me and an acceptance of him, the one who made me and loves me so much that he gave himself for me. And that's what the fifth luminous mystery reminds me of. This week, join me in praying the luminous mysteries. Embrace the parts of your life that are the most dull and boring and routine and bless them by offering them to Mary in a bouquet of thanksgiving through the light of love that's in this set of mysteries. Thank you so much, Sarah. That, uh, wow. (laughs) I feel like uh, that's really all I could say after I listen to your reflections every week. Uh, Wow. And, you know, I want to thank you personally because you really have inspired me to return to the rosary on a daily basis. In the beginning of October, you and I had talked, actually at the end of September, about uh, the Mary in the Kitchen segments for October being the month of the rosary. And you had recommended that we do a, you know, a a, a series on... um, the the rosary the mysteries of the rosary and uh, you know the in the kitchen 
And uh, I was thinking about that and in our conversation and, of course, in your reflections. And I thought, you know, I want to make a commitment to pray the rosary every day in the month of October. And by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I have done that. And I thank the Lord for that grace. I thank Our Lady for being with me and for uh, helping me to return to the rosary. It's such a beautiful prayer. And so here's the thing. It's so peaceful. It is so peaceful. And, uh, and thank you, Sarah, for being the instrument that God used to bring the rosary back into my life on a daily basis. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. So, folks, if you want to learn more about Sarah and all the fantastic things that she is up to, uh, you can go to her website at snoringscholar.com. Thank you again, Sarah. And that wraps it up for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this unusual, little different episode of The Catholic Foodie. Uh, a reminder, a couple of reminders. First of all, Catholic Foodie Coffee, it is not only the freshest coffee that you will drink this side of heaven, it also has the unique distinction of coming from a very uh, culinary cultural area. That's right, uh, right down here in the New Orleans area. This coffee, we pick it up from the docks. The coffee beans themselves, we pick it up from the docks there in New Orleans. Uh, it, they come, it comes from just all the good places in the world, right, where we get coffee beans from. And uh, it is hand-roasted right here, right outside of New Orleans, hand-roasted every week on Tuesday, shipped out to you on Wednesday. So if you want to pick up your own bag of Catholic Foodie coffee, it is the morning offering blend, go to catholicfoodie.com slash coffee, and you can place your order there online. Uh, by the way, if you are local, if you live right here on the North Shore, um, close to me, then uh, then just give me an email. Shoot me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Or give me a call at 985-635-4974, and I will arrange to get that coffee to you so you don't have to pay for shipping. Now, if you live far away, unfortunately, I can't drive to you know Minnesota or anything like that. So, <laughs> unfortunately, you'll have to pay for shipping, but um, we'll get it out to you ASAP. It's going to be shipping out on Wednesday. So, go ahead and place your order today so I'll know how much we need to roast tomorrow. And uh, let's see, what else? We got that. We got the, the, the newsletter, uh, catholicfoodie.com slash newsletter. We got um, a, gr a good uh, reflection on uh, the souls in purgatory, this uh, issue. And also we've got some, oh, we got other good stuff too. Sarah's got a great article in there. We've got something on pizza. We've got some good stuff there. So, oh, we've got a really good recipe for a cake. You're going to love it. So make sure you sign up for that if you haven't done so already, catholicfoodie.com slash newsletter. Leave me feedback if there's something you want to say, any ideas, suggestions, anything like that that you'd like to communicate to the Catholic Foodie or to our listeners here. Give me a call at 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, and uh, leave me a message there. I could play that on the show, or you can send me an email at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. And I believe that's it. So until next time, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.